I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Rolling. Okay, there. Thank you very much indeed. To say rolling, doesn't mm. it have to be a camera? No, not really. It's, uh, well, in the old days, you had um, manual tape machines. Not the word manual. Wow. What's the word? Well, what's not digital is analog. Analog. Analog tape ah, machine. Yeah, I know that's terrible. There's a thing you can have, like an illness, where you forget words all the time. <laughs> yes, I know. It's called old age. No, no, no. Like when you it. can have when you can have all the time. Like so, you can most of the time you can speak normally and whatever, but your brain doesn't work the same way to remember words or something. Because I talk about this when so. Um, there's this thing that you can't see pictures in your head. So you um, you just inside your head, if you close your eyes, you know, if I get you to close your eyes mm, and I'm like, them. think of um, a green field. There's a big tree with apples on it mm. and there's flowers all in the garden and stuff. Yeah. Then you can see it in your head. I can head. see that in my yeah. head now. I'm looking but, at it. So there's people in the world who can't see anything when they close their eyes and mm. they can't think of anything. So they really struggle to remember the names of people. So they can remember someone's name, but they can't put it together with a face. I think in a milder form, what that is, is just old age. No, I mean, no, no. I, I constantly... No, because people who are young get that. I saw... Mm, they do. No, you're born with it. Oh, and then yeah. people usually discover they have it when they're in sort of twenty, twenty-one or something. Mm. I saw a, a woman getting out of a car. I saw a woman. <laughs> I saw a woman getting out of a car uh, in a public car park in, in Wakefield, and I knew. And I said hello, and she said hello, and I walked on, and I knew, I knew her from somewhere, and for ages and ages and ages. I was. I could not work out two or three. I tried to work out all the places that I might have seen this woman. And then on uh, last Friday, I went to London. I got the train from Kergate Station, and I've not been to Kergate Station for you know a month or two, two months, three months. I've always got the train from uh, Westgate Station. It's not going to be madly interesting for people outside. Westfield. This is a really, this is an absolutely scintillating. It is. Anyway, story. I went and in I'm there. on the edge of my seat. I know. I went in there, and it was the woman um, who serves in the coffee bar in Kergate Station. And those are the kind of thrilling endings. <laughs> but it's, that was so it's boring. True. But it, no, it is. Uh, that was boring. I agree with you. But it is so true that you, you know, you can see someone, you know the face. Janet and I, your mother and I, ages and ages Sorry, and ages ago, it? yes, ages and ages ago, were walking down the uh, down the street in Leeds, and we saw this guy, and we thought, oh, he's in a soap opera, he's he's quite a well known actor, 
he's he's definitely a certain we went through all the soaps and we were trying to think who the guy was and from what soap he was until Sunday of that week when he came round with a Chinese takeaway. Another thrilling, was, thrilling the, story. You know what I mean? You just, see a, it's the cliffhangers <laughs> in the way you tell it. <laughs> well, I thought that was quite an amusing story. That is, the, that is more funny. It's more funny, thank you. Well, let's see that we're getting some sound on this. Uh, do the sound check now. Do you want a quality joke here? Yeah. I've downloaded this new app. It's brilliant. It tells you what to wear, what to eat, and if you've put on weight. It's called the Daily Mail. No? Um, when I was younger... Yeah, yeah that's it's not hilarious. Well, that's from a lady comedian called Hayley Ellis. Oh, um, that's why. Women can't make jokes. Yeah, they can't really. This is a, this like, I'm, I don't just not agree with what he says. I honestly think he's a bad man. I think, And I think that the way he acts is completely inappropriate. And I think he's extremely rude to Susanna Reid. And I think that to be in that kind of position of power, I'll tell you what, you wouldn't find a woman in that position of power. Because when Katie Hopkins went to... So she's always been controversial. She had a column in the sun. She had loads of controversial things. But she took it a step too far, which Piers Morgan has already done. And now she's been cast aside. Fair enough. But... Do you honestly think that a woman could act the way that Piers Morgan does on Good Morning Britain? Well, now, you, your friends in the Corbynite wing of the Labour Party claim that Fiona Bruce acted that way to Diane Abbott on Question Time. Do you think so? No, I don't think so. I thought she was perfectly fair. But Yeah, I know, but... People are good. Yeah, yeah. But Fiona Bruce did doesn't did not act the way that Piers Morgan does. Well, they're, they're saying... I'm, I don't think she did, but they're saying uh, she did. Did you, do you not see the controversy? Yeah, but and then that's another... No, I saw the controversy about it. But then that's another example of how Fiona Bruce, obviously anyone who was following David Dimbleby, Dimbleby yeah, that's right. Anyone who was going to be following David Dimbleby, who'd been doing the show for, what, oh, yes. 25 years yeah. or something ridiculous, and does it extremely well, was going to face scrutiny. But a lot of people were saying she faced more scrutiny because she was a woman, <laughs> and people were instantly trying to pick out things that she did wrong because she was a woman more than they would have done with a man. No, I don't think so. I think she got. Uh, I, I think people were glad that it had changed and it was a woman. I think people got fed up with David Dimbleby, and she got a very, very good reception from everybody, from all and those she was nearly good. from all those nearly dead Daily Mail readers. She got a very, very good reception. The people she didn't get a good reception from was the left wing Corbynite, yeah, but Remain, that was because she was people, etc. But that was because she was good at it. Do you know what I mean? She got a good response because she was good at it, but before that, people were instantly, as soon as it came out that she was going to be it, people were trying mm. to find things. I don't, uh, people were trying to pick faults, but luckily mm. she was very, very good at it. So I'll tell you what I did see in a thing I watched on Netflix called The Last Laugh, which had uh, Chevy Chase and Richard Dreyfus in it. They were in a retirement home, and he was saying, Chevy Chase said, oh, there's too many old people here. And they said, Ooh. We don't use the O word these days. We don't talk about old people. Pre-dead is what we call them now, which I thought was a good joke. Yeah, but I, don't, I just don't understand what you mean because you, on the one hand you're saying, so do you think anyone should be able to make jokes about absolutely anything? Yeah. And that's okay? Yeah. Even if, but what if the, if the jokes aren't funny? Like some people, well, people that, say that should be the that should be the rule. No, but people they're say funny, they're funny. yeah, but sometimes they're funny, but only to a certain type of person. Sometimes people make jokes about black people or Pakistani people or something, and they're not for, they're not broadly not funny. For, that's not happened for forty years. You don't that's think not, that's happened for forty? No, years? No, I don't think people that's make jokes. People have been Except making jokes Benidorm, about women. In Benidorm, there are still comedians from in the seventies. In the last five years, people have made jokes about women. Oh, no, you didn't say women. You okay, said so, black so people and Pakistani okay, people. Okay, so let's take women anymore. for an example. There, mm. you think that anyone should be able to make any jokes about women? 
More or less, if they're funny. I mean, that that is the rule. If they're funny, see all that stuff. But sometimes, what if they're only funny to men? You know, when I look at the the comedians that I grew up with, the Ken Dodd and Les Dawson and Morgan and Wise and all those people, and and let's mention Faulty Towers again because you know like that, and Monty Python. It appealed to loads of people, predominantly men, I'll agree. Well, it depends which one you're talking about. Monty Python was very male, but that wasn't because it made jokes about women. It was because it was a sort of humour that appealed to, like, sixth formers and university, you know, yeah. men who'd done A-levels, that sort of thing. But I think, I think though, that you can still say stuff that's funny. and But, like, so In Between Us, I think, is a really good example of something... I think In Between Us is absolutely hilarious. I think it's one of the funniest comedies and one of the funniest, like, school comedies mm. that's ever been made and that is four boys and the humor is very i don't know locker like almost locker room humor like it's it's that type of thing but because but, i think and, we've and moved on from that i don't think and you could make I think, the in between i think you now. could make the in between you know the in between us is pre me too it's pre weinstein yeah, it's pre transgender i, I re i rewatch that now and i never think that the way that they make and because they do make jokes about women and they call yeah, they the the girl the girl who's played by Emily Atak, the um, they call her, uh, big jugs or something like that, whatever whatever they call her. But the humour towards women never come; it never feels malicious and it never feels no. well, it disrespectful. Have to. No, it doesn't have to. That's what I'm saying. But those types of but jokes about women are fine. It. Well, they were. I think fi- they would. I no, think you can do it. They were fine ten years. How is it? Ten years old? Yeah. In between, yeah, they were fine ten years ago. They're not fine now. I'm really? saying, yeah, I'm. What I'm saying, I suppose, at the end of all this. But you can still be funny. Can I just tell you about this guy who, a uh, Russian comedian, his name is, yes, Konstantin Kisin, who said he pulled out of a gig which he was doing for UNICEF on uh, London School of Oriental and African Studies after refu- refusing to sign a behavioural agreement form. The form stated, by signing this contract, you're agreeing to our no-tolerance policy with regards to racism, sexism, classism, ageism, ableism, homophobia, biphobia, transphobia, xenophobia, Islamophobia, or anti-religion or anti-atheism. Kisin said, I grew up under the Soviet Union. When I saw this letter basically telling me what I could and couldn't say, I thought this was precisely the kind of letter a comic would have been sent there, which struck me as, as an indication it's gone too far. Thank you very much anyway. for uh, for that, David. And for everybody who emailed, if you do want to email us, no specific question this week, but uh, you might have a view on Churchill and stuff like that. If you do want to email us, it's martinandruthpodcast at gmail.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. So if you're listening for the first time, one of the things we uh, always do is I bring uh, a piece of music from uh, my generation and uh, Ruth brings a piece of music from hers. Mm-hmm. I was rather fascinated by yours. Yeah, I wish you could listen to the whole of the song because I, I think that it's it's one of those songs that is really... Well, it's called Movie. So it's it called, is, Yeah, it's called yeah. Movie and so the beginning is a lot of like speaking. I was just about to say, couldn't you just play like lots of 20 seconds but then you can't do that because that's the, that whole, part. the whole thing. Yeah. But I can play the... Uh, bit right at the start so this is how it starts i'll play a little bit of this i've just yeah. got about uh, 12 seconds of this my cheek brushes against his smooth on stubble for a moment and then it's gone he walks along the platform as if in a dream every fiber in me wants to shout and scream stop to run across to him and take him in my arms Yes, it's... It's just, it's, it, yeah, it's almost old-fashioned. Very like old-fashioned. Old, yeah. It's like Brief Encounter. They're at, uh, she says, because she talks about the platform. He's on the platform. Yeah, yeah, it's just clever, Yeah, I think. And then, so he's from, so, and then I'll tell you about him, and then we'll listen to the other bit of the song. So he's from South London, mm-hmm. and he's a multi-instrumentalist. Mm-hmm. He's called Tom Mish, by the way. And he um, fuses low-slung hip-hop beats and like disco and also like jazz there's a very mm, it's it's really jazzy. jazzy but also kind of yeah it's got the hip hopness to it and he's collaborated with um people like Loyal Carner and Jordan Rakai who we've heard mm. from and he's he's done it kind of all on his own like he's very much like do it yourself and he's built his he's built up to a fan base of 2.5 million monthly wow. listeners on Spotify it's amazing how um, they do it. See, in the old days, you'd have to uh, play around at clubs and uh, gigs for like, a couple of years to build up. Uh, well, he has been around for a while, million. though. He's been making music since, God, like 2014, probably. Like, he's not... Well, still only five years, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose so. And then I think that his his first full album was in 2015, maybe. And then this one is from 2018, this album called Geography, which the track movie is from. Movie, movie. 
Yeah, there is a movie by uh, Tom Mish. I would recommend listening to the whole thing mm. of it. Is there any rap in it? I couldn't. Uh, no, I don't think there is. No, not in that one. Was. I think he does do bits of. But again, it's more like the rap that Lyle does, which is more like top speak rap. It's not like it's not like gangster rap or anything right. like that. So yeah. Yeah, anyway, Tom Mish and uh, movie, uh, which sounded quite old-fashioned, but it could have come from any generation. That it didn't kind sound... of. I just, I guess it's just like all the sections of it could be from any time, but mm. he kind of puts it all together. Well, knowing that you're not a huge fan of reggae, uh, I haven't chosen reggae oh. for uh, a week or two, but I have this week. This because it started off as a country song. I like the way that virtually any song uh, can be uh, adapted to reggae, and it's one of the great reggae bands. Probably, well, the actual um, one of the first reggae bands, uh, Toots and the Maytals. Listen. <laughs> My friend there holding on those reeds, young and then the mountain, going like a beast from the road, red Do you know the song? This is Country Roads. Take me home. Yeah, no, roads. this gets played all the times in like in like a uh, ironic way and then it's also like a bit of a meme as well where do, is it yeah this, the country ver- roads has become like a thing is this you a know ver- like how i played accident like you know how the songs from shrek mm. have become like a thing yeah country roads is like a thing it's like a thing yeah but is it the toots and the maytals version it's like a thing or no. is it john denver John yeah. De- See that was a, he says take me home West Jamaica. Who was that one? That was Toots and the Maytals. No, so the uh, the original one. The original's John Denver. Yeah, that's uh, the one. That and this said. is the cleverness of reggae because in John Denver's version it said take me home West Virginia and they changed it to take me home West Jamaica. Oh, um, yeah, just, that's, that's genius. Yeah, genius. genius. <laughs> but yeah, all right. You, you like that though. No, you're not, I not prefer, a fan of reggae. No, okay. I just don't like it that much. Well, the Maytals were formed in the early 1960s and were key figures in popularising reggae music. In fact, they were the first people to use the word reggae. So, they, yeah, they might have invented it. Uh, Toots Hibberts is the lead singer. Uh, his soulful vocal style has been compared to uh, Otis Redding and led him to be named as one of the 100 greatest singers by uh, Rolling Stone magazine. Their 1968 single, Do the Reggae, was the first song to use the word reggae, naming the genre and introducing it to a global audience. See, people, if I asked you who introduced reggae to the world, what would you say? I forgot what you said. Toots and... Well, no, Toots Hibbert. (laughs) No, wait, what was it? It's Toots and the Oh, I'd say... Oh, what would I say if you hadn't taught me anything? Yes. Um, You would say Bob Marley. Bob Marley, yeah. That's what I meant. I almost said Bob Dylan, but that's not the same person. No, it's not the same person at all. I almost... You know what my first thought was? Levi Roots. (laughs) Uh, No, he introduced Reggae Reggae Sauce. Was it called Reggae Reggae? Yeah, I thought it was. But that was the first one to use the word reggae, naming the genre, introducing it to a global audience. Uh, The Maytals were described as sensational, raw and dynamic. And Toots Hibbert was born in 1942, so that would make him 77 now. Still around. He was the youngest of seven children. He grew up singing gospel music in a church choir. You can tell there's a bit of a gospel-y voice there. And um, if you did want to listen to the full songs, then Mm. you can go onto the Spotify, um, Spotify playlist that we've got. You can see the search for Ruthie, me and my dad, and that'll take you straight to the playlist. Or just search Martin and Ruth and you'll find our profile. 
Yeah, well worth it to listen to the full uh, Tom Mish, as you say. Because Did you like uh, it? Yeah, well, I thought it was interesting. I, I, I heard the first bit and I thought, what the heck's this? You know, with the... Yeah, um, you're speaking. At the platform. Sounded like Celia Johnson, which won't mean anything to you, but Celia Johnson was... Doesn't, the, you're right. Uh, she was in Brief Encounter with Trevor Howard. Still, nothing. Old, old movie stars. <laughs> Liam Neeson. What's your take on Liam Neeson? Should I, I we, read today. for the listeners, mm. should we do two things before we start talking about it? One, say what Liam Neeson said. Mm, I was about to oh, say Oh, were you going to say that? I was, just didn't want you to be like, what do you think? And no, then people are like, oh, I don't know what's going on. And then they think we might be discussing mm. Taken 3 or something. No, we won't discuss Taken 3. He said in an it. interview. Have you not seen... Taken I've two. never seen any of the Taken You've never seen films. any of the Taken I've films? not seen Taken 1, Taken That's 2 fun. or Taken 3. I've not seen 2, I don't think. I think I've seen 1 and 3. Well, Taken 3 is kind of... You won't understand Taken 3 at all if you've not seen the first two. No. Uh, Liam Neeson uh, said that he once armed himself... Oh, no, my to, other thing to preface with was uh, we are white who's, people. Who's Liam Neeson? No, we are white people. Yes, and this is an issue about race, and I think that it's really important to say when you sh- when you speak on it because white people should, especially people with um, a platform, to speak about it. But I think that they should say before that it's important to stand back and let black I'm people speak about race. Most people will have realised by now that we're white. Yeah, no, I'm just ch- well, you know what I mean. Because there is a picture that goes up. With no, the- but I'm just no, but it's important. I think it's really important to acknowledge it to say. I'm going to talk about this because I can talk about it and it's important to acknowledge like race issues even if you're not um, like minority ethnic but black Asian minority ethnic but you should say <laughs> you see I'm part of a persecuted minority I'm you're Jewish not, you, well, I'm Jewish and I, you know we alright we control the media we control banking so, but apart from that we're more or less a persecuted minority but you should say that it's important mm. to step okay. back and you know and let you know you know what I'm saying. I just think that you should say that before we talk about it. Well, go on. You tell us what he's uh, what he's done and what he's said. So he when he was friend. promoting his film, which is called Cold Pursuit, and it's a film about revenge, and he his friend in a, several years ago, his friend told um, him about how he she'd been raped and um, by a black man, and he went out for a week trying to find a black man to murder because mm. he was so angry. It's basically the story. Did you not think to yourself that this... I mean, the first time I heard about this and heard about all all, all the row that it had created, I thought to myself, this sounds to me like a story... Because he's an actor, and it sounds to me like a story he'd made up to to sell a film about uh, rape. Because why would you... Revenge. About revenge, sorry, it's not about rape. So it it struck me that he made the whole thing up. No, I don't think he has, because I think that he would have said he made it up by now. I don't think he could... I don't, you know, I don't think... Uh, it just sounded so implausible. What I think was yeah, the first think, thing is, oh my God, he's 66 years old, he's been doing interviews for 40 years of his life or something, and he said that in an interview, are you actually kidding, is he stupid? Do you know what I mean? Of course that would turn into a massive story, like, how could you not... That was my immediate reaction, was like, as if... See, we're getting two views on this. People, Piers Morgan, for instance, is saying that uh, he's a horrendous racist. Yeah, and uh, he's a murderer and he should... Yeah. yeah. Well, he's not a murderer. Not a murderer, but that's kind of what Piers Morgan said. He was yeah, like, well, the act of thinking about murder is the same as committing murder, which would make me a murderer probably too. And Everybody else. Every, world, and everybody yeah. else in the world. 
I think, yeah, and so he said it's absolutely abhorrent and stuff. Yeah. And then the other side of the thing is that he's been actually quite honest by acknowledging it. That's yeah, and what John, um, John Barnes, John Barnes who's said. Uh, a black yeah. ex-footballer, has said that he thinks he's very brave coming out and admitting it, and we're all racist in some way, which I suppose we are. I think that he is completely right. I don't know whether... You think who John Barnes is I think John is Barnes right. is right that everyone is inherently racist, unconsciously. Mm. I think that um, maybe not... I don't know whether racist would be the right word, and I don't know whether it would be more like racial prejudice. Because I just think that you What's like... What's the difference? So, well, ra- racist would You can mean be that racist di- without being prejudiced. No, I think you can be prejudiced without being racist. No, what I'm saying is you can be racist, but you would treat people equally. Oh, yeah, 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 that's what I mean. I think that you have a natural affinity for people who look similar to you, and there's scientific studies on this that you are more likely... It's like an animalistic thing, that you're more likely to protect people and like people who look more similar to you Mm. um, on a basic level. And there's Do you think it's outrageous that Liam Neeson's movie has been cancelled, the premiere of his movie? I don't know, but I think that he... No, do you, I want you to say... Yeah, I think it is. I think it's outrageous that his movie has been uh, cancelled. Well, yeah, yeah, I do think that's bad, because you I know, think that... let's go and uh, rip up all... Uh, let's find somebody who's committed some outrage at some point. Let's go and... Uh, well, rip up all Harvey Weinstein's films. Yeah, let's go and throw away Everything all Harvey Weinstein's films. Let's him. go and, and tear down Leonardo da Vinci's No, I think paintings. that is ridiculous, but I also yeah. think that what Liam Neeson has done wrong now... So I think that it's not... I don't think it's brave. You don't think it's brave? <laughs> no, I don't know. Because on the one hand, I think that he is honest when he's saying that like being angry will make people act not like themselves and will make people do things that they wouldn't normally do Mm. and I've been in arguments with mum or whatever where I've said things in the heat of the moment that Mm. I would not think about saying afterwards or you know with my friends and relationships whatever like you do say stuff that you then immediately wish you hadn't said but I think that him saying I'm not racist and and then, and then saying after he said all that stuff and then going oh I'm not racist I don't even think he understands his own feelings and I don't think he understands his own own racism to... and then he said and then he came out afterwards and he did the show the show whatever where he was explaining Good himself Good Morning America yeah and he he didn't apologise and he should have he should have said I'm sorry for for being that person I'm sorry for why thinking why do you have to apologise I think it's enough to explain without I mean what difference no, does that make it, he's sort of just no, explaining because the way that he explained I don't know I don't know whether apology would even be the right word but the way that he explained was not at all remorseful of thinking those things well you say it wasn't remorseful he, it was more just it, an explanation and also he would never have said the, the, the thing that it comes down to which I think is the really weird thing is that he asked, he said in the interview, the original interview, when she said that she'd been raped, he said, what colour was he? Someone who's not racist doesn't do that. If some, if one of my friends told me that they'd been raped, I would never well, ask what colour they were. That's him telling the story. He, he, I, I still cleave to the view that he's made it up to flog the movie. Because mm-hmm. conveniently, see, obviously, what the paper, the next step for the media will be to track down the Liam Neeson oh, friend God. who was raped. She's, she's dead. Yeah. She's dead. So it just seems very convenient that for the basis of this story that he's told... Do you think that someone would not... stoop that low? As to make what, the to story sell, about to someone being raped? Yeah, to sell a movie. 
Um, I think it might be possible. You know, I'll tell you what I think. I think it's possible he'd heard the story and somebody else did it. He wanted to talk about the sort of atavistic nature of revenge. And I think Mm. he's plucked a story and he's an actor. Uh, I don't know, but I think there's at least a 50-50 chance uh, of that. Wow, 50-50, throwing out some statistics. <laughs> I think there's at least a 50-50 chance. I also think that, that in a way, because he grew up in Ireland at the time of the Troubles, when there were all sorts of uh, revenge attacks going on all the time, the daily life uh, in Northern Ireland mm. was about revenge attacks, about people being kneecapped and absolutely terrible, terrible things that he grew up with in Northern Ireland. That's another reason you would cut him a bit of slack. I think, yeah. and certainly not cancel his movie. Maybe conditioned by Northern Ireland. Now, in Northern Ireland, what people used to used to ask people all the time was, "What school did you go to?" And they know immediately whether it's a Catholic or a Protestant. And if mm. in his upbringing, when there was a, a rape or a crime or a kneecapping or anything like that, one of the first questions you would establish was, "What religion was the person yeah. who did it?" So I'm just wondering if that's. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I think that it's really... What I think it does highlight the whole story is that people are really quick... People really quickly, after the story had been released, took aside Piers Morgan, it's abhorrent, blah, 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 John Barnes. Oh, he's a hero for saying this. Do you know what I mean? It's in between. Yeah, it's somewhere in between. And and also, to talk about this takes massively complex conversations about race in general. And I'm not educated enough to do that on it. I don't think you are. Like... I think you need like professors in like race relations well, to I'm talk pro- about well, it. I'm not a professor, but uh, do you want my very playful take on this? Oh, this and is that, <laughs> this is a pre-prepared joke. <laughs> and that my take on this is that people are prepared to cut Liam Neeson a bit of slack, but not Harvey Weinstein or Woody Allen. So I'm putting it down to uh, anti-Semitism. I'm joking. <laughs> I thought we could talk a bit about Manchester Pride event. Oh, yeah. So Pride... I don't know how long Pride's been going for. Maybe... 20 years, I'm 25 years or something like that. Something like I that. think, yeah. Anyway... They had carnival, carnival in Brazil. It's been out for years and years. And it was sort of like... It's not the same it's, thing it's at all, though. No, but, well, this is the idea. So it's like kind of what is Pride now? Because it used to be a protest and it was people marching about the rights of LGBT people. Um, and now well, it wasn't initially. It was just gay people. It wasn't anything to do with LGBT. But LGBT hadn't been invented when no, no, no. started. So it was it was just gay people and lesbians as well. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Yeah, yeah it was just lesbians and gay people. That was before we had such a spectrum of different sexualities, and when people thought that sexuality was more rigidly set. But that's anyway. That's not what we're getting into. So Manchester Pride this year has um, have have got Ariana Grande to sing at the Pride mm. Pride Live, it's called, the Pride event or whatever. And tickets have been priced at £70, which is obviously absolutely ridiculous because it's meant to be a Pride event. It's based on a protest and it's based on... No, but if you went to see Ariana Grande in concert... No, 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 but it, it shouldn't... Pounds, it? But the idea that Pride shouldn't be about that, it shouldn't even really be a paying event, it should be free. Like, Britney Spears is headlining Brighton Pride and that's free. Um, also, Ariana, a lot. She's had a lot of backlash about it because Ariana Grande is not LGBT, 
Um, and she, it's kind of a lot well, of people no, are saying Britney, that it's Spears, no, it? but at least it's free for Britney Spears. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like I think that there's less. Well, and I think Pride no... itself, Pride itself, has been a commercial event for yeah, years. Yeah, you know, it has been. And, yeah, yeah and it has been commercial, that. but people have really kicked off about it this year to do mm-hmm. with this the Manchester one because of the like extortionate prices of the tickets. It's not just sponsors and so someone tweeted f manchester pride at this point and everyone going people in the lgbt community shouldn't have to have disposable income to attend a protest for their rights it's disgusting exploitation of lgbt people um and then and after all this backlash ariana grande said she wanted to said that she was like grateful and excited about the opportunity and blah 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 but still it is really I think it's really not on. I think there's a certain wow. amount of no, but I think there's a certain amount of commercialisation that has already happened. But I think that this Manchester one has taken it almost too far. So it's LGBT been a long time since Pride, since Pride was any t- t- sort of a protest. I mean, it's a parade. No, not parade. No, not protest. I think it was a protest at one point. Yeah, when but it then first it's started. coming to a Pride parade to show Pride and solidarity with people and a place where you can be very open about sexuality when you might not always be able to be. Mm. But it's, it's not just a protest, become, is it? It's, it's just... It's, no, it's not a protest it's anymore. No more of a, it's a parade now, mm. but it's still a parade. You shouldn't still shouldn't have to pay 70... Like, 70 pounds, that's ridiculous. A lot of people won't have 70 pounds, and that doesn't make them not LGBT anymore. No. But, I mean, I presume you don't have to... You can... I assume that the... I, I think most of it is this... Pride Live bit there. No, that sounds to me like nonsense. It sounds to me like just people are kicking off just for the sake of kicking off, to be Really? Honest. I yes, don't think so. it sounds so. like typical Twitter to me, that. I mean, if you want to go and see Ariana Grande, fine, 70 quid's about what it costs these days. I think it's too much to go and see Ariana Grande, but, but that's and what it costs. then on the other hand, do you think that it's OK that Ariana Grande, who is straight... Is headlining it? Yeah. Should, don't you think it should be an LGBT person? Uh, no, I don't. No, I don't see that at all. I don't see that. No, at but all. I'm just saying, if it's going to be a pride event about being proud hmm. to be LGBT, don't you think that it would send a better message if you had someone who was no. LGBT performing? I do think there is an ex- exploitation of pride by cap- like capitalist companies and big corporations. I think that there's a real thing now and it was making me think of this of like capitalist companies and big corporations trying to act like they're your friends if you've seen the um oh, yes, the bank the, the bank i can't remember what bank it is it, um, a, well, all of ha- them. Halif- halifax or natwest or <laughs> no a big bank hsbc maybe and they've got these posters and they've got them up for all the different cities but the ones in leeds it's like we are leeds we are That's salt HSBC, of the earth yeah. and x cotton town and it's like stop trying to be my friend you're not my friend you're a bank mm. and i really really hate it and i don't like the idea that corporation like coca-cola would latch onto it and then i saw this girl's this so this is kind of me ranting about this is you yes it how, is how awful like mm. the big corporations are and stuff but i think it that events like pride really show how what? how messed up the world is like that what do you think about actual products trying to be your friend if you buy a couple of avocados from marks and spencers it says keep me in the fridge oh like do, yeah yeah, the, yeah. The, um, what's it called the um animatization or something what's it what's the oh, world God. Um, you know what i'm on about the anim- animation exactly. of it um it's a, with animals you call it anthropomorphism yeah anthropomorphism it, but, but it's, it's not that not that with um, uh, with, with products with in anthropomorphism or something? Oh, I don't know. Anyway. I have no idea. Um, but whatever but it is, does that no, annoy you or do that you That doesn't annoy that? me. What does annoy me is loyalty cards. I don't have any loyalty cards anymore because I saw this girl's and she did like a video essay about it. 
and she was talking about loyalty cards and you can't a com- you can't be loyal to a company you shouldn't want to be loyal to a company a company can't be loyal to you because loyalty is something that is between two people and the, and then she went on to speak about it and how it encourages people to spend money and stuff which well, is something yeah. i already knew and how but I suppose in the, boots it's like a penny is like one pint is a penny so like 40 pints you're like oh I've got 40 pints but it's actually only 40p and stuff but what she and I was like well that I already knew I don't care but what she said that was more like hit home was the idea that companies were trying to be people that you could feel things for mm. and like you shouldn't feel things for companies you should just they are companies and they're not your friends and you can't be loyal to them and you shouldn't have to be. No. I mean, I think loyalty cards, I quite agree with you. Having said that, if I ever remember to mm. hand my Cafe Nero card over in Cafe Nero, I mean, mostly I don't, but if I, if I yeah. remember, I always get a little stamp on it, a little bit of buzz of yeah, uh, enjoying guess, it when yeah. you get your free coffee. That's the thing, like, I've had free subways from having a sub card, not like oh, back you? in the day, not recently. So you're not to- a submarine commander then? <laughs> When it used to go to Subway's more. And then it's like, well, if I'm going to get one free, and I've been buying them anyway, but then there's a part of me thinks, well, maybe I wouldn't be going to Subway as often if I didn't have the card. Like, I don't think I choose to go there because I've got the card, but maybe subconsciously you do. Mm. And But then also the word loyalty shouldn't refer to companies. No, and I don't like it. But the thing is, it's capitalism and yeah. it's making money. And we've decided, having having read through all that Russian history, that probably capitalism is the least worst system. Yeah, well, it's like um, Winston Churchill said, um, democracy is the worst kind of government, apart from all the others. And she says there's a subgenre of sexism uh, that uh, this woman, Laura Bates, encounters again and again when she visits schools to talk to teenagers. Um, so she's talk, you know, she's everyday sex and she yeah. gives talks to teenagers, which is excellent. Uh, it makes no difference if the school is private or state co-ed or single sex in the South or the North, everywhere she, uh, everywhere she goes. She says boys say the same things. And I didn't really think boys said these things. And you'll have to tell me if you've heard any boys say any of these things. Mm-hmm. Rape is a compliment, really, they tell her. It's not rape if she enjoys it. It's normal for girls to cry during sex. These are all in quotes here. A girl has to have, has to have sex with you if you're her boyfriend. And why does Bates even bother talking about consent and assault, they demand, when everyone knows so many women lie about it? Now, I'm just... There's, that, there's a definite trend that, of boys thinking that sex is, um, that girls lie about being raped. That's, really? That's oh, 110%. And I think that this is a certain type of boy as well. And I don't think everybody would say that. And especially, so the one about, like, a girl has to have sex with you if you're her boyfriend. That's a very particular type of boy. And, right. and you can, I don't think loads of people would say that. The second one, though. Yeah, but the second one, what was that one? It's not rape if she enjoys it. I think that people say that. Do they really? Yeah, maybe as a jerk, but I think that usually if you say something as a jerk, you think it. See, I thought all these attitudes had moved on a bit. I mean, that, that sort of thing would have been said when not I was loads. I just think that there's always going to be. Um, so, like, there was a backlash against feminism in the 1980s when people became really, like, traditional and re- in their Christian values and stuff. And I think that because women are starting... Not just women, but men as well, are starting to stand up for sexual assault and there's been the whole Me Too movement. There's always going to be a backlash against whatever it is. So I think it's probably that a bit. I don't know. And it may be a thing of, like, subconsciously men 
feel a tide changing in power balances. Mm. But I think what is, again... Do you think it's because of pornography? Do you think a lot of... Because the one thing that's different now than from when I was at school is the availability of online porn. Catelyn Moran called it, like, a world of rampant online pornography or something. So would you say most of the boys that you encounter at school will be watching pornography? Oh, my God, yeah, of course. From the age of, like, 13 or 14. 12, 13, 14 ish. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and, and. What about the girls? The girls watch porn on No. Well, at least they don't talk about it. No. Not really. Because also, the, I think porn is made for men and it gives men unrealistic mm. standards of what women. For what women look like. But that's then that's the same thing with models and stuff. Like, if boys are always looking at models and then they call girls fat, like, no wonder that girls have such body yeah. dysmorphia problems. Yes, yeah, so I think models and catwalk, you know, if you're talking about catwalk mm-hmm. models, I think it's mostly women that look women at Women look now. at other women, yeah. That... But there is a pressure of, like, men look at women less like um, less like fashion models, but more like um, glamour, girls glamour like models, Megan like Fox. Page three. Yeah, glamour, like... Um, Although page um, three itself doesn't exist anymore. But have you right? seen the actual page three of The Sun? Because it's pretty much the same thing. It's, like, how have they managed to get away with that? Well, they're slightly covered, aren't they? They're yeah, they're covered. just, like, on their back or something. <laughs> but yeah, what I think right. is... Right. The... I'm going to do a little test with you now, uh, Ruth, to see how stupid you are. There's a book out called uh, The Intelligence Trap, uh, Why Smart People Do Stupid Things uh, and How to Make Wiser Decisions. So basically, mm-hmm. even though you're smart and you've got a lot of what the uh, what country music stars in America used to call book learning, you've got a lot of book learning in you. you Me? Yeah, you've got a lot of book learning in you, but you may be stupid, uh, <laughs> despite having all that book learning. So, let me ask you these questions. It's a book oh, called The Intelligence Trap, and they have a little, I'll ask you a few selected <laughs> ones. Uh, the wind blows west, right? Yeah. The wind blows west. An electric train runs east. In which direction does the smoke from the locomotive blow? There's no smoke because it's an electric train. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> have you been asked that before? Uh, you, you I don't think so. I think that... I, I'm, but I was looking out for... You're looking out for traps, yeah. I love questions like this. Though. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, here's another one then. Uh, if you were running a race and you passed the person in second place, what place would you be in now? Second. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This, uh, this is distressing, as I thought you might have <laughs> um, If you have only one I've match... I've heard that one before. Have you? <laughs> if you have only one match and you walk into a dark room where there's an oil lamp, a newspaper and wood... Which thing would you like first? Wait, hold on, hold on a second. Can we repeat the question? Yeah. If you have only one match and you walk into a dark room where there's an oil lamp, a newspaper and wood, which thing would you like first? Do I have something to light the match with? I think you've got the answer. The answer is the match. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I would like the match. I wouldn't like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so you, you did actually better than your sister, who is the sports correspondent of Sky News, who, when I said that, immediately said, oh, the oil lamp. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, a farmer had 15 sheep, and all but eight died. How many are left? Wait, the farmer had 15 sheep, and all, and all but eight. Oh, eight. Yeah. That, so one was, that one was not that bad. That was uh, that Emily's bad. father has three daughters. The first two are named April and May, What's the third This is one of those ones they do all the time, Emily. Too easy. Do you have a meme? I do. My top three assumptions when the doorbell rings. 
Number one, murderer. Number two, police telling me everyone is dead. Number three, that book I ordered about positive thinking. <laughs> very good. It's very good, good, good then, indeed. It's a, that's that, a tweet, actually. That well, is... it's a tweet that was on Instagram then. Well, I'm not bothered where it comes from. It's a good joke. It's good, isn't it's it? Good. Absolutely. Yeah. So there you go. And my Kardashian news is crap, and I don't even know what's going on, so I'm not going to tell it. All right, no Kardashian. Well, that will please uh, one or two of the emailers. Exactly. One or two of my cronies who don't really want to hear about the uh, yeah. Kardashians. And that. so that's, that's... And there's none of my... Let's, um, let's protect the cronies. None of my rubbish reality shows on at the moment, so you won't hear about any of well, those Well, they're either. coming up. They're coming I'm a celebrity to get I'm a celeb. Oh, 18th of November. Oh, right. I didn't know what date it was, but obviously you're better I'm informed. Excited. I love I'm a celeb. Although, mm-hmm. this year... Yeah. Deck and Holly Willoughby, innit? It's Deck and Holly Willoughby. Well, that'd be an interesting be... Uh, dynamic. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that'll do it for this week, uh, Ruth. Yes, I, I think, think it will. I think we've done it. So, so um, thank you for listening. Thank you very much indeed for listening, and we'll have uh, more for you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.